Hello and welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, episode number 146, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. This episode we have entitled Carsadina as we get ready for our matchup this weekend versus the Galaxy at Rose Bowl. My name is Jonathan Reimer. Joining me this evening, Christopher Sines, sir. Good evening and welcome. What's going on, Black and Gold family? It's Derby Week. I'm ready for it. How are you guys feeling? I hope everybody's excited. Uh, it's going to be a wet one this upcoming weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. The last time we had a rain game, it was a, an amazing experience, and I highly recommend anybody that hasn't bought their tickets or anybody that is on the fence about going, this is not a match you're going to want to miss. The rain experiences are always a lot of fun. Rain game is in my top three games all time. I think it, it definitely got bumped out of the number one spot by that MLS Cup final. But uh, as far as regular season games go, rain game, number one for me. That was just such an epic experience. Folks, we are without Mr. Aparicio this evening as he has obligations. We also are without an opcore, and we're also without a guest. So we're just going to have a quick one for you. Chris and I going back and forth on the events and previewing the Derby coming up. So let's go ahead and start with the biggest event of the past week, and that is, of course, the kit launch. So we've got a brand new green smokescreen kit that has been debuted. There was a lot of leaks ahead of time. Pretty much cat was out of the bag a month ago. But in due diligence, we waited for LAFC and the official PR team to release the kit. I think we got a much better view of it once those official news came out. There was an opportunity before the Loyal game to go and attend the launch. Anyone who attended and purchased the kit got a really cool replica trophy. It says Tiffany's on it. Looks just like the MLS Cup. I'm a little jelly that I had to be at work that day and could not attend and missed out on the cup. But we've got no crest. It's just got the hat logo, which is pretty cool. A uh, new Ford patch, but uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the new smokescreen kit? It was definitely mixed uh, at the initial sightings of it, but you know, like you and I had both talked about giving it the opportunity for the media team and the content team to do their actual drop of it with the proper lighting. And I think that once we saw it in its actual beauty and opportunity to be played in it was a different style a different look a different opinion for sure unfortunately you look at some of the other kits across the league and it's hard to not make comparisons versus your kit versus other teams kits but uh, you know a lot of people are not rating the smoke screen kit very highly when it looks across the whole board when you're talking about pundits whether they be league pundits or or simply team pundits but uh there, had, there was a lot of competition, you know, and, and it's it's exciting to see that we are not having these cookie cutter jersey designs and templates. There's a lot of individuality, I feel like, this season, if you look at all the, the jerseys across the league. So it, it just makes me feel hopeful for the future of the Adidas contract, especially there was the announcement today of the extension of the Adidas contract, but I, I'm just, I'm hopeful for it, right? I'm hopeful for there to be more creativity and uniqueness to the to the look of the league and the kits. It's not the best kit in the league. It's not the worst kit in the league. There are some absolute trash kits that came out. I think across the board, 
the performance from the league as a whole was better than what we've seen in years past. There were some pretty good kits that came out um, and, and some pretty atrocious ones. I, th- I think we fall right in the middle. I like the kit. It's plain. There's not a whole lot to it. It's fairly minimalist. I'm, I'm okay with those things. I don't think it says championship season, but I also know that this kit was designed long before last season. So, hey, you know, it, it kind of falls under, I'm going to let it grow on me a little. I have it here sitting in my lap right in front of me. There are some things I like about it. My favorite thing is that it's got a star on it. That is hands down my favorite thing about this kit. The MLS logo has the MLS cup on it, which I'm a big fan of. We go, you know, Ford is a new sleeve sponsor. Looks, uh, looks good. Looks professional. Uh, I'm a fan for the most part. I, I don't dislike the kit. I, I don't think it stands out a whole lot to me. It definitely has some 420 vibes to it. So shouts to our friends at the 42 originals. I feel like this is right up their alley. I think it's got a little of that Cypress Hill, a little of that Chavo 22 red vibe to it as well, too. And I think, uh, you know, the 3252 definitely loves themselves some pyro and smoke. So there's some connections that I can appreciate. You know, one of the things that I don't understand, though, is I feel like, and again, just throwing shade across the bow here, but uh, the Galaxies kit has been getting high remarks from a lot of different media outlets, and I just don't see it, I think. And, you know, I'm... Again, I'm trying to be as as neutral and unbiased as possible, but I just I don't see it. I I think that 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 kit is not a very sharp looking kit. I think that there are hands down other ones that are way better. But for whatever reason, that one's getting ranked rated fairly high. I, to me, it looks like you would put that kit on over a shirt that has a wolf howling at the moon on it. You know, one of those detailed kind of you know, turquoisey New Mexico vibes to it. I mean, I think if it was a team in Arizona, New Mexico, Texas that came out with this kit, I would get the vibes. It does not scream Los Angeles to me. I know it has a tie into the flag of Los Angeles, and this has been something the Galaxy have done over and over. The scarf that they launched with it was better, I think, than the kit, but it looks, I don't know, it just, the color scheme is not great for me. I'm not a big fan of that turquoisey color, but uh I think speaking of awful galaxy kits, have you seen what they're going to be wearing for the Darby? I mean, those are pretty atrocious. Now, I mean, I saw those with the flowers, the roses on them, but I'm, are those like warmups or are those the actual kits they're going to wear? You know, to be honest, I thought I remembered seeing that they were going to be wearing those. It might just be like a limited edition for sale that day warm up, but uh, I, I thought I thought they're going to be wearing them, but we'll see. I've been an advocate for a strong derby, but in Los Angeles, right? Like I want the Galaxy to be competitive. I just don't want them obviously to be more competitive than LAFC. I want the Galaxy fan base to be thriving and strong, and unfortunately. Just with all of the drama that has been going on this offseason with the Galaxy, these are I'm not looking forward to this match as much as I originally was when it was first announced. Like I am fearful that the Galaxy faithful are not going to show up and the vibe at the stadium. Granted, also the inclement weather. I just I feel like it's a lot of things are coming together to just make it like an an environment that that isn't going to be as good as it could have been, especially for opening day. Now, we on this show have clamored for an event like this for seasons now. If you go back and you listen to our Derby preview shows over the course of the history of the show, 
we've been saying for years these games should be played at a larger stadium. There should be one home, one away, and one neutral site every season. So I'm I'm thankful that you know both teams in the league listen to the show, and we appreciate uh, y'all tuning in. And clearly took that idea from us because uh, you know that's that was a great piece of genius content that we put out there. So I'm happy that this is happening. I don't know if we needed it to be the season opener. I feel like the season opener already has enough pomp and circumstance around it that this particular away game didn't need to be the home opener. The inclement weather, I mean, we're talking 40 degrees and raining is not going to make it for the best active support, best audience. I have a feeling that, you know, if it's miserable that day, a lot of people are not going to show up. We already know that most of the Carson supporters are are boycotting the game. So, I mean, there's just the optics around it are not perfect. And and I agree with you. I think this game would be far better set to be later in the season when it has more playoff implications to it and, and stands out a little bit more. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's save some of that derby talk for the last segment of the show. Hey, last thing before we move on to anything else was the away day patches. You know, those are some of those really cool things that I wanted to give a shout out to that I think was a really cool idea for those of you that hadn't seen anybody that attends an away day this season, whether it be the MLS regular season, Conca champions league away days. Cause I saw that there was one for Costa Rica. I would, that would lead me to believe that, further rounds would also they would create another patch for further rounds and who knows if they end up making one for the league's cup or the u.s open cup but if you go to the hq my understanding is that you can show them your plane ticket you can show them your game ticket or something to the effect that shows hey i'm going to this away day and they'll give you an away day patch and it's and you can make a collection of all of your away day travels it is in the same color as our smoke screen kit and if you look at the bottom corner of the smoke screen kit there is like a away day badge it's almost like a celebration of away days in this season i like the world city worlds game patch but oh I, that's, I had what, not that's the one i'm talking about the world city worlds game i think that's a really cool idea so you're saying i don't even have to go to an away game i could just buy a ticket to each one and show it to hq and i could get the patches even if i didn't go i think it would be kind of cooler if they gave them out there that would make a whole lot more sense then you'd actually hold people accountable to going but that's a bit of a challenge but i do love the away day patches thing i'm gonna be very jealous about people with lots of patches at the end of the season as i typically do not get to attend a lot of away games given my work schedule but uh pretty cool i was a brilliant idea just again another piece of creative coming out of this club that just speaks to the brilliant minds we have behind all this uh, directly following that kit relaunch party there at bmo was a game we took on the fight in san diego loyal lafc defeated them three to one at bmo in our final tune-up prior to the season we had an absolute banger from Carlos Vela early on to put the team up 1-0. Mario unfortunately had himself a little bit of a defensive gaffe that led to an equalizer there in the 21st. We go into the half tied at one. And then in the second half, uh, we just absolutely cooked them. Mahal and Buanga both find the back of the net. Possession stats were ludicrous. I think we had like 79% possession in this game. We did get an Adrian Perez sighting as he showed up. We had an Alejandro Guido sighting who looked pretty good out there, a former signing for the black and gold. So nice to see a couple black and gold ties to that loyal side as they came up for their first game. A well-supported team. They had a decent cross-section of fans there. Unfortunately, there weren't as many people in the stands as I think we would have liked given the ticketing situation. But Chris, any thoughts on LAFC's final preseason victory over the loyal? 
I think it's cool that we were playing a USL side. I do think that the San Diego fan base is one that is definitely noteworthy in the USL. And I would honestly, I would have really liked an opportunity here for this to have been a very live and fun event. But because of the way the ticket allocation went, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't the case. And I, I think that you know, having a friendly against a, a local team, the San Diego Loyal, you know, with I think that you could see that the active support for the San Diego Loyal is it's a club that has a good active support to it. You know, that this could have been like a very memorable match, but instead it's a footnote in our season and it's forgettable because, you know, a lot of people just weren't there. But uh, in terms of us as a club, like obviously I'm, a, you know, one, three to one, I would I would have been a little embarrassed if we would have tied or uh, lost at that point. But, uh, you know, the scoreline was something of expected, but I just wished uh, that there was an opportunity to have made it a bigger show than what it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure the reasoning behind not selling tickets to this game. I think you had all the potential for it to be a sellout. And, and you know, in previous years, we've done this as well, too, where we don't sell out the, the stadium for preseason matches. I would love to see us get, back to the point where we have some big international teams come in and we have ourselves like a proper friendly, not just bringing up a USL team from down in San Diego. I, you know, I, I'd like the idea of, you know, maybe, uh, you know, some of the other teams did their preseasons in foreign countries taking on teams. I mean, I think there's a lot of options here that just didn't come together. So it's disappointing. I think it would have been more fun if we had like a fun Liga Mekis or a European team come over that we could have had a proper friendly with, but good on the loyal, um, you know, their fans showed up well. The game was as one-sided as I think we anticipated, and I really don't have much more on that. Big news. Big news this week. Terrible news. Terrible news. MLS has decided to, once again, scrap the playoff format and change the entire format once again. The finals, the semifinals or the conference finals, and the conference semifinals are still going to be the one-match single elimination games that provided us so much fun throughout the course of the past couple seasons. But now, the entry-level stage to the playoffs is going to be a three-game series, which is an odd decision for MLS to have taken. So the top seven teams from each conference are going to qualify for the playoffs automatically. The eighth and ninth seed team are going to play a one-game single elimination, no extra time, straight to PK if it's tied, match to determine who gets the eighth and final spot per conference. So basically 18 teams are going to make some form of the playoffs, and 16 of those teams will advance into this they're calling a, a group stage is the term that a lot of people are throwing around, but it's going to be eight seed versus one seed, seven seed versus second, six versus third and fourth versus fifth. The higher seeded team will have the home advantage in that the first game will be played at their home stadium. Second game away, third game, if needed, will be a home game as well, too. So teams that are going to be able to win the first two games are going to get an extra game off. And teams that are forced to go to a third game are going to have to play a whole extra game. I, I think this really is kind of a detriment to the teams that end up fourth or fifth in the standings and is a severe disadvantage to the teams finishing sixth, seventh, or eighth in their conferences. 
So it, it does put a little bit more pressure on the regular season, and it does guarantee at least every team that makes the playoffs gets at least one playoff home game. But it, it does feel very cash grabby. And Chris, I, you've already sort of let your opinion out of the bag, but if you'd like to pontificate further upon your disapproval, go ahead, sir. I just don't understand the point of it. You know, I think it was last episode I made a mention about how LAFC, if they were to reach the finals in all competitions this season, that they would be playing somewhere north of 53 matches. And now you're adding in additional playoff matches. And I, I just, you know, if you wanted a home and away with aggregate for the first round, okay, maybe we could tolerate that. That's a little bit more of the traditional football of how uh, bracket uh, people move on in brackets. Um, but the home away and home that it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you're at that point too, when you look at that, it's, you know, are they going to play a home on a Saturday and away on a Wednesday and then a home on a Saturday again? So then they're playing three games in the span of a week. It just seems like this is a, a, a high risk, limited reward scenario, especially when it comes to players health quality of the play on the pitch and really you know we are getting farther and farther away from teams having to compete at the highest level and sustain it for the whole season you know and that is part of a negative connotation with this league is this gimmick of the playoffs at the postseason right you know here in america we have accepted that postseason playoffs is kind of the structure of what Americans like to see, but we're now stretching it out and making it so much. We're exacerbating it so much more than, than it actually needs to be. And I just don't understand where this motivation for this change came from. I'm sure it's from Apple TV wanting more playoff games because those get the best ratings. So I I'm sure it's, ratings and money driven the idea of doing three games as opposed to an aggregate home and away is that it gives you a little bit more advantage to the higher seeded team it gives you a little bit more of a true home field advantage which kind of i guess adds a little bit more value to your regular season standings but with all these new competitions added playoff games leagues cups you know i mean all these things they've done in you would have thought they would have at least given the teams a few more senior roster slots in order to compete in all these different competitions and i just don't see enough players or enough finances on an mls roster for teams to go out and play potentially 50 to 60 games now i know most teams are not going to do that but I think it forces teams to pick the competitions they're really going to invest in. There's no way a team is going to be able to put out their first team in all these various competitions. So now it just becomes like participation trophies. Oh, well, you can have a U.S. Cup trophy and you can have a League's Cup cave, you know, and, and it's just I don't I, I feel it muddies the water a little bit and had this come with, you know, look, we're going to expand the playoffs, but we're going to give you another DP. We're going to expand the playoffs, but you can have three more senior roster slots. You can have one more international roster slot. Like if there was a little bit back for the clubs, especially because the clubs are going to be making money off all these games, the opportunity to bring in a few more players only makes sense. I feel like that's the shoe that didn't drop that would have made this all much more palatable. And I think every fan out there would have been like, okay, 
you added more games, but you gave us more players to do it in. Okay, now I get it. But but when that didn't happen, I, this whole thing rings. I don't know. It's a, it's a bit too bit too cash grabby for me. I, I have to say, I'm I'm really not a fan of it, and I'm astonished that the MLSPA has gone along with this. I mean that they haven't asked for additional compensation or additional roster cap space, and uh, that to me seems seems very odd. That as fervently as the MLSPA has has fought in the past few seasons that we've heard zip from them over the course of these announcements and no pushback at all from the players to try and get additional compensation or uh, additional roster slots uh, in order to make sure that they can make through this in a healthy fashion. Well, you know, what we also don't know either is that, you know, a lot of times these contracts they are negotiated through the life of the contract. And we have no idea. The MLS at some point when they were doing this contract negotiation, what was it, a year ago? I feel like was when the MLS and, and the MLS Players Association had uh, had renewed their contract. For all we know, they could have said, hey, look, we would like the ability to change the playoff structure at some point in the near future within this contract. And the Players Association was just like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll agree to it. They are like, we don't know the specifics of it yet, but we want to agree to it. You know, so we don't know any of those things either. We, for all we know, this could have been something that the MLS as a league was planning to have implemented and the Players Association had signed off on a very vague vision. But then once the contract was signed and they were in it, it's like, well, you know, we really have no foot to stand on at this point to try and renege on that. Yeah, it's a little, it's not been received well by the fans at all. I don't think I've seen one positive comment about it anywhere. Not that social media is known for its positive comments, but uh, I haven't seen one of the talking heads out there that isn't paid by MLS defending this. The only people that I have seen defending this are people who are on Major League Soccer's payroll. So I think that certainly speaks to how well it was received by the fans. I just I, I just don't understand the constant need to be tweaking the postseason, especially after we had such a fantastic postseason last year. The games were exciting. They were all watchable. The format was good. It looked good. It's bizarre to me that a team could lose in the postseason and still go on to win a cup now. Like you, you, you don't have to remain undefeated throughout the postseason to still win. Like that just seems weird. I, there's a lot about this that I, we're just gonna have to sit back and watch how it transpires. Nothing we say is gonna change it at this point for sure. So uh, we'll see. Good old soccer Don himself, Mister Don Garber, dropped a, another bombshell this week that he is going to announce the 30th MLS franchise at some point in time this season and potentially more than 30. He alluded to the fact that the announcement this year is going to be one of either San Diego or Vegas, and it could potentially be both. So we could look at a league that will have next season or in the next couple seasons, as many as 31, maybe 32 teams in the league. What are your thoughts about adding two teams to the West Coast, another California team in San Diego, and potentially a Vegas team as well, too? I think that having a team in San Diego makes a lot of sense. There's a already a very fervent fan base that I had just spoken about earlier with the San Diego Loyal. I would like to hope that the San Diego Loyal would be the team promoted from the USL into this MLS spot. I think that that makes the most sense, especially when you have a established fan base, a city that is a big soccer city. I think that that is what makes the most sense. 
Las Vegas is definitely a destination that you'll see a lot of professional sporting teams coming to way more in the last five years than in the last 50 years. My biggest concern, though, is that, you know, with the requirements for MLS teams nowadays to have a, a team in your city, the stadium is is a requirement. Well, Las Vegas is extremely hot, and we saw some of the time, the kickoff time issues with the Las Vegas lights. So you can already see that having a team in Las Vegas that plays through the do- the uh, the days of summer when it gets extremely hot, like those are additional issues that you have to account for and accommodate for. And I think that Las Vegas, while it is a, a great destination to go to, I'm, I'm concerned with playing and in evening games in high, high temperatures. I think you would have to think it's going to be a domed or a roofed stadium, or at least a retractable roof stadium. It could be one of those things where, you know, they're doing midnight 1 a.m. kicks or something bizarre in order to compensate weather. I I, I don't know. I, you know, Vegas is going to have to prove that they can put together a facility that's either indoors or has a retractable roof or some kind of air conditioning or something in order to make this work. Because you can't play soccer in a desert, you know, and especially not during the summer months when Vegas gets insanely hot. And and yeah, we've seen this with the lights. It's It's not great for atmosphere it's not great for selling tickets you know i'm not entirely sure how they're going to play baseball in las vegas if if you know oakland ends up moving out there it's much harder to play baseball in a domed stadium so there's there's a lot that has to be figured out for vegas to happen which is why i think san diego seems more logical adding a fourth MLS franchise to the state of California when you have so many regions of the United States that don't have an MLS team also seems a little odd and I I think it it also adds another team to the west which you know you're then going to have to take some of those teams in the middle and kick them over to the east coast so um more to come on this we'll see exactly how the league figures it out but I would say right now San Diego has the leg up and from what I'm hearing it is not the San Diego loyal it is going to be a completely different franchise in San Diego is the rumor I heard. That's a shame. But you know what? In terms of teams flopping from East and West, right? Nashville recently had made the flop over to the West. And when we had uh, Tim Sullivan on, who was the opponent correspondent for Nashville, he had said that they'd anticipate in the near future when another Western team gets added, that Nashville will then flop back over to the East. Nashville um, is not in the West. Like that, that's Tennessee. That is very much an East state. Uh, so that makes a whole lot of sense because having Nashville have to travel constantly all the way out to the West coast is not particularly fair to the Nashville team. I don't think as well, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. My money's on San Diego, but we'll, we'll see how it plans out. What's interesting though, is when they did the renditions of the stadium atmosphere, they showed a picture of Snapdragon stadium, which is a, the brand new stadium at San Diego state, but that's also the same stadium that the San Diego loyal are playing in now too. So it's like, I think that, I don't know. I, I would, I would like to think that starting a brand new team, when you have a very a, a good starting point, uh, uh, it, it just is double work in my opinion. Yeah, I you know, and I don't know if those renderings were anything other than 
you know, somebody just adding a graphic to a statement that came out from, from the commissioner. So we'll see if it ends up being Snapdragon could end up being the loyal, you know, it's a Landon Donovan owned team. So it would make sense. But uh, when I heard the rumor that it was going to be San Diego, but it was not going to be the loyal. I was very perplexed by that, or maybe they're going to go through a rebrand, which seems a little silly as well, but, but we'll see. I suppose that brings us to this weekend's matchup. It feels weird to be kicking off the season with a massive away day derby spectacle at the Rose Bowl. It just, it doesn't feel like it's derby week yet. I know, you know, for many people that are in the throes of it, it just, I just think it's odd to be kicking off the season this way. It doesn't really have those typical you know, Galaxy LAFC vibes this week. I just, I haven't been seeing it on the socials and I haven't been feeling it from as many places. Maybe that's because the Galaxy fans are really down on their team right now. So they haven't been hyping themselves or hyping the event as much as they normally would. LAFC supporters, you know, coming off a cup, you know, we're feeling pretty good about where our club sits at the moment. It seems like it's going to be a fairly one-sided affair on paper, but of course these games never play out that way. So Saturday, 6.30, MLS on Apple TV is going to go ahead and get this big spectacle for its kickoff. I feel like once again, Apple might have had a lot to do with the scheduling here where this game makes much more sense in the second half of the season. Here we are kicking off the season. It has the potential to be the most attended MLS game ever. Uh, 74,000, I believe, is the line that needs to be crossed in order to break the record. Inclement weather could certainly play a big role in people deciding last minute not to come out. 40 degrees and raining is some proper football weather, but not what we are used to here in the city of Los Angeles. Uh, Additionally, it looks like Chicharito got himself injured again. So, you know, the whole matchup of Chicharito versus Vela, the big selling point that uh, all the talking heads want to use for this game. And it looks like he's uh, done and got himself hurt. He could be sitting out for this game as well, too. Chris, what are you feeling about Derby Week? Does it feel like Derby Week to you? No, like I had said, you know, I, I, uh, I was actually talking to a friend of mine earlier today who's a Galaxy fan, and um, you know, the phrase "these are the dark days of of the Galaxy time." Like these are some of the darkest times that the Galaxy have, and I think that you know, when you look in, when you look back at this time 10 years from now or so like they really are this is going to be one of the lowest point in, in galaxy time and it and it, it unfortunately is adversely affecting the atmosphere around these matches i do agree with you that having this match this close to the beginning of the season i think that if you were to have had the home and away well, the Galaxy have the two home matches. So if you were to have the first game at Dignity Health Sports Park and then the game at the bank and then the game at the Rose Wall and culminating, right? I think that that might have been a better way to sell this game because then it's like, hey, this is the culmination of the three matches this season. This is where it's ending, you know, and, and at that point you have an idea of where each team is in the running. You know, these points might actually mean way more at this point if it's if this match was being held in, you know, let's say August, right? Because September might be a little hard when it comes to UCLA football or any other kind of events. But if you were to have this event like in August, at the end of August, a couple of weeks before UCLA football starts, I think that that might have gotten a little bit more fervor and excitement around it. You know, it's as a, as an LAFC fan, you, you 
I'm still reeling from us winning the MLS cup. And I'm like, I can't believe like we've been on the celebratory run and I can't believe that the season is here again. I just, I feel like we have not even come down off of that high of the win and already we've already got football back. It, it just, the timing of it all feels a little awkward. I would have much preferred we opened with some traditional games and saved a spectacle like this for a little further on down the road. Um, it's going to be fun, though. Uh, LAFC have you know finally put some pieces together in the team. We're still without a few key pieces, though. Uh, we really do not have a second defensive midfielder that we feel can back up Ilya Sanchez at the six. Games in which Ilya Sanchez did not play last season, I think we lost every single one of them. Uh, and that seemed like a huge hole in the team going into this offseason. I think in our offseason preview show, we even talked about how one of the biggest needs for this team was to go out and get another defensive midfielder. It looks like we're going to be trusting the kids for that coming up from LAFC too. And I, I think that's a little odd. I think we all thought that was a, a hole that was going to be filled. And with the departure of Chicho Arango, we are without a true nine to play in all of these various competitions. Uh, so I feel like the squad is a bit incomplete. Do I trust Carlos Vela to play the nine? Absolutely. But he can't do that week in and week out at his age. He can't be trusted to play 50 games, 90 minutes. I mean, last season, Carlos was pretty much a 70 minute player. So now we're putting wingers into that spot. I, I don't think Carlos is a true nine as well, too. He, he certainly performed well there when he had, um, you know, Rossi and Rodriguez on either side of him when we employed him in that position previously. It can be done uh, with, you know, Buanga. Who I think a lot of people are very high on his potential and and Mahala. Um, he's really getting a chance to sink or swim this season. He's gone from role player to starter. Whether Stipe Buke gets a chance to take that spot from him remains to be seen. But the the starting 11 is a little unique up top right now, and I'm a little concerned about the team not having a true goal-scoring nine, especially someone who can come in at that 70th minute when Vela comes out and be a game-changer like Dio was for us. And, and I'm very concerned about what happens in our defensive midfield if, God forbid, something were to happen to Ilya Sanchez or in the games where he just logically needs some rest at his stage in his career as well, too. So I I, I do have some concerns about the roster going into this game. I, I do predict that the 11 for the game in San Diego is going to start with McCarthy and goal. I think we'll have Hollingshead, Mario, Chiellini, and Palacios across the back line. Ilya Sifu, Acosta in the midfield. Mahala, Vela, Buanga up top. Uh, am I crazy in these thoughts, Chris? Do you disagree at all? No, I think that for for this, that those are the players in place that might be our, our best starting 11. But when it comes to the midfield, I think that you know, Timothy Tillman is definitely a player that will be able to be plugged in into that midfield. He but isn't has... he, he's more of an eight than he is a six. I mean, he's going to be more. Absolutely. But Kellen Acosta is also someone that can be playing as a six, you know, and so you might be able to put Acosta in as a six and then Tillman come in as more of the, of the eight. I, that's still, I mean, that's, that's four able bodies for three spots. I just don't see that as enough. You know, Chris Estomo. I mean, he's he's had his chances uh, to really show us something for this club. I, I don't feel like we've seen enough from him to think that 
we're going out and we're winning trophies with Chris Estomo in the midfield. I would love for him to prove me wrong this season. I would love for him to take that next step in his career and look like a lock starter. And, and that's fantastic. But I have, I have concerns about midfield depth right now. Um, I have concerns about out, outside back depth. I, again, we only have three people for two positions there. I'm, I'm, I'm worried if that's enough to, to go through all these competitions, but, uh, I my I guess my next question here is so this is a chance for us to get our first ever away regular season win versus the Galaxy. And if we go ahead and win this game at the Rose Bowl, does that count for you as getting that monkey so to speak off the back of LAFC? Does that count for you as a first away win versus Galaxy or does this have a huge asterisk on it if we do come away with the win and does that still exist that we haven't gotten that W at Dignity Health okay one question at a time no if we win against the Galaxy this weekend at the Rose Bowl that does not count as the that's not enough for us to take off that monkey off of our back with not having a win at Dignity Health Sports Park I also think that it's too early to to say how influential or how uh, highly rated the outcome of this game will be, because I think that there will be a lot of people who put emphasis on the atmosphere, the attendance, the difficult measures in place to have active support. All of those things can influence how a game plays out. So with all of those not necessarily being able to be had in at, uh, the the bank or at Dignity Health Sports Park, I it doesn't matter what the outcome is. There's going to be excuses made one way or the other as to why this game should have an asterisk. And when it comes to how it affects our us looking at it for Dignity Health Sports Park, like that is the current home of the Galaxy, and we have yet to win there. So winning again at the Rose Bowl, while it is their traditional home and an older venue that they played at and it's part of their history, that's not enough to be like, you know, we need to win at their current home stadium. And who knows if we'll ever play at the Rose Bowl ever again. You know, this could be a one-off thing. We're never guaranteed to play three matches against the Galaxy. It only happens because there is a uh, an odd number of MLS teams in the Western Conference this season. So we're going to have it this season and next season. And if Don Garber comes out and announces that there's going to be a San Diego team that comes out in 2025 and there's now going to be even numbers of teams or whatever, it uh, the three games in a season could be a, a thing of the past. So uh, this could just be a one-off thing. And no, it, it's not going to take place. Of We still are going to have to follow through and, and get the win in Carson. Well, there's certainly a lot of bragging rights on the line. I, I feel like this is one of those games everyone expects LAFC to win. And if we go out and win the game, it's going to be, oh, Chicharito was hurt. Oh, the Galaxy are, you know, in the doldrums right now. And and there's not going to be a lot of credit given to LAFC if they go out and put a whooping on Carson. Tables turned if for some reason the Galaxy come out and and they win or force a tie in this game. I feel like it's going to be a lot of shade thrown at LAFC that oh, coming off a championship season and with arguably on paper, the better roster and the better team that this is going to mean a lot to Carson and bragging rights. Whereas if LAFC win the game, it's kind of 
doing what they're expected to do. Would you agree that there's more pressure on LAFC than there is on the Galaxy to win this game? Oh, I mean, absolutely. That's the same thing with if this game was in at Dignity Health Sports Park. The pressure's on LAFC. The expectations for the Galaxy right now are very, very low. Um, Not low in the sense that they don't have a team able to get wins. It's just low seeing how much turmoil is in the front office, looking at the players and whether or not they're fit and able to play, um, looking at how the Galaxy ended last season, looking at the way we ended last season. Um, So because of all of those things, expectations when it comes to this match are going to be lower than what they would be if the Galaxy were riding on all cylinders. Um, So because of that, of course, all the pressure is on LAFC to perform and play well and, um, you know, meet those expectations. All right, friend. Now it's time to put your predictions where your pods are. Go ahead and give me a score prediction for LAFC versus Carcedina. I think it's going to be a bit wet and sloppy, right? I think that it is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game just because uh, it, 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 it's just not going to be clean soccer, right? It's going to be a little bit of a fight, a little bit of a dog fight, a little grimy, a little um, uh, not pretty football. So I think that the final score is going to be four to two LAFC. I'm wondering if Chicharito being out and potentially Jovalich being in isn't an advantage for the Galaxy because I don't think a wet, rainy, cold game really benefits Chicharito's style. So I I think having him out for the game might benefit them a little. Um, I'm concerned about Ricky Pooch. Um, He's a player that, you know, came out gangbusters last season. uh, And I think this game means a lot to him. I think their locker room really has something to prove in this game. And I'm worried that the complacency that we have seen from LAFC away at Galaxy for the past five seasons is going to creep into a team that's coming off of winning the double that doesn't feel like they have something to prove in this match. And if you look at the rhetoric coming out of the player interviews this week, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of fire and intensity from either side at the moment. Um, And I'm worried that you're right. It is going to be kind of a sloppy game, wet first game of the season. You know, a lot of people still figuring out their roles and their place and all this, and and that we're not going to have the beautiful expression of the beautiful game that we would like to see and, or we would get later on in the season. I like your four, two prediction. You know how I feel about every LAFC Carson game. And what I'm going to say is my score prediction from back then until the day I die, LAFC 10, Carcedina 0. Now, I mean, how? Do, why do you make that prediction? Like, you know that that is never going to happen. It's. I feel like you're just saying that as your way to never actually have to try and make a prediction when it comes to a Galaxy LAFC match. It's actually an homage to a gentleman that covers Arsenal here in the United States. He's known as the Yankee Gooner, and he always uh, predicts Arsenal 10, opponent zero for all of his score predictions. And so, you know, his rationale behind it is that I'm 100% behind this team, and I believe this team is going to destroy everybody. And I, for these kind of derby matches, I like that fire and intensity in view of it. Um, One day. One day, I sincerely hope to be proven right. I hope, I hope it's this Saturday. If we get an LAFC 10, Carcedina nil, 
uh, the person who's going to be waving that flag the most is going to be this guy right here. And I just want you all to remember when we finally go out and whoop them 10 nil, and it's going to happen. One of these days, we're going to beat them 10 nil. And, uh, and when it does that, you all give me my props for predicting it, but, uh, that's, that's from now until the end of history, always going to be my derby prediction is 10, nothing. And I'll give you an honest prediction for every other match in the course of this season, my friend, I promise. But right now there's not a whole lot to go on. Uh, we haven't seen either of these teams go out and perform in an MLS match yet. So we have no idea how these rosters are going to stack up. We have no idea how atmosphere and weather and all these various things are going to play into this game. It's as unpredictable a game as you could possibly imagine. I do expect LAFC to go out and get the job done and win this game. But if we lose this game, I also don't really think there's a whole lot negative that you can say about it aside from losing to your bitter rivals and the stain that that would leave on this franchise for for the time being is is certainly a bitter one but i just don't feel like there's a lot riding on it aside from bragging rights which we all want but at the end of the day if we lose bro we're still the champs like it, it just it doesn't feel the same to me there's not the same fire and intensity i would have if this game was at dignity health sports park it was an experiment, I think, that the league was trying to to capture and just the way things have played out. It just unfortunately that fire is uh not happening in the way that the league I think was expecting. But I just hope that they learn from it for next season when we have two home matches and we can potentially have a neutral or more neutral location. Uh than... where would you like that game to be? Where would you like the LAFC neutral field to be? I personally would not like to have a neutral game at all. And the reason I say that is because I think that the 3252 is so vital to our home matches that if we play in another stadium that doesn't have safe standing and doesn't have the pulley system for the TIFOs and doesn't have the capo stands, like, that's not an LAFC match. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not what our game is about. So I would rather have two matches at the bank in lieu of having one match at the bank and another one at SoFi or the, uh, the Coliseum or, or anywhere, right? Like I would rather have my environment and my atmosphere than, you know, a unique, one-off event all right i'm giving you a multiple choice here you have to choose between the coliseum sofi or dodger stadium oh well dodger stadium that like that i mean that venue is going to not be great for football either but i think that you know we've had a game at sofi i'm not a huge sc fan i'm a big notre dame fan so i think the coliseum is the worst venue in in the united states and you know of course you know we bleed dodger blue so it's you know i would say the uh, dodger stadium would be a lot of fun i'm gonna have to agree with you if we had to pick a neutral site i would like to claim dodger stadium as well too uh, I think it's going to happen at the Coliseum next year. If I was a betting man, though, if I was going to Vegas with my money, I would bet on the Coliseum just given its proximity to the bank. And, you know, it would allow us our same tailgate spot. You know, there's a lot of procedures that would be very easy. Um, but, you know, there I, I know it wouldn't be the greatest game for support, certainly not active support. You wouldn't be able to be all that close to the action. But just to say LAFC played a game at Dodger Stadium would be pretty fun for me. 
Um, I think that about wraps us up, my friend. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about the Derby other than our normal precautions to everyone? Be safe. Mind your gear. Stay to the LAFC sections. Uh, don't go starting a bunch of drama. Don't go running over to Galaxy fans trying to steal scarves or anything and being silly. Don't go picking no fights. Represent the brand and, and the community and all of those things with pride and class. Go out there and be responsible LAFC fans. Don't go making a bad image for us and doing something silly. But aside from that, Chris, you got anything else you'd like to throw into the show before we call it quits tonight, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. You know, dress warm dress well, come with the proper attire on so that that way you are not uncomfortable in any sense of the word. On top of that, I uh, I wanted to say that I saw a piece of information that was, it was like an email that went out that is telling people how to get into the stadium, depending on which fan base you're part of. You know, take a look at that, look at that information. If you guys have an opportunity to I forget what side of the stadium it's telling LAFC fans to walk through, but uh, there is a way to be safer at this environment. I think that if you expect the MLS or the Galaxy to have adequate security to keep things from <laughs> happen- happening, uh, I think I think that that's a foolish assumption. So, you know, protect yourself, look out for yourself, look out for the people that you're with. And, uh, you know, do what you can to avoid confrontation, because, again, at the end of the day, we're all here to watch a football match and nobody wants to go home in a condition other than the way they showed up. Uh, In the words of one of my favorite rides at Disneyland, hold on to your hats and glasses because this here's the wildest ride in the West. I think that uh, that about sums up my opinion on how to behave yourself while you're out there. Um, yeah, a lot of good logistical stuff out there. I heard they're going to have pyrotechnic sniffing dogs at all of the entrances for LAFC fans. So don't go trying to sneak any smoke bombs in or you're going to get caught by pyrotechnic sniffing dogs. That's that's a first. I've never heard of that one before. So um, the fact that someone went out there and trained a bunch of canines to be able to detect some of those uh enola gay smoke bombs that people try and sneak into stadiums is uh, uh i guess i guess we've earned that um as lafc fans with our sofi and and bank of california adventures we've had in the past um just be safe have fun cheer your lungs out for the black and gold remember folks it is a blackout as much as we love the new green smokescreen kit, it is the expectation that all LAFC fans arrive in black and wear the black and gold with pride while you are there. So participate, please help us black out the Rose Bowl with their supporters, uh, you know, claiming that they're taking this game off. Although I've also heard that the Galaxy sections are sold out. So we'll see whether it's, uh lafc fans that have just gone and purchased all those galaxy tickets uh, and there's going to be a little spattering of black across those sections i i do hear that they are going to be relocating fans uh so if you're wearing lafc gear and you're in a carson section you'll probably get relocated to an lafc section but uh i'm hoping it's it's 70 30 black to white as far as the the colors folks are wearing and that we're cheering it on like it's a home game for us and we come home with three points to start the season Amen to that, my friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go out. Let's get a good win. And uh, let's have some fun. Let's get ready to run it back in 2023. Here it is. We had no Opcore, no guest, no Christian, and we still managed to do an hour when we only had four or five bullet points here on the pod. 
I'm I'm just happy to be back podding. Um, I know we have uh, missed a few this offseason, but you can see our commitment here even when uh, a guest falls through and an opcore falls through. But we're still putting out some content for you all. We sincerely appreciate you listening to Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast. If you would like to join us on the show, please reach out to at LAFCS2S on all your social media platforms. We'd love to bring you on as a guest and have you tell your black and gold story to the faithful. Alrighty, my friend, that about calls us in. On behalf of Chris Christian, sound engineer Wilton, and myself, we'd like to thank you all for listening to episode 146 Shoulder to Shoulder podcast. Take us home, sticks. Shoulder to shoulder, together this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay flying that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.